Let us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come with grateful hearts for the gifts and the graces you give to us. We thank you for the Eucharist, the gift of your Son, and the gift that he continues to make for us of his body and blood, his soul and divinity, shed for us, poured out for us, generously given to us. We thank you for the gift of the Mass, which makes this tremendous gift present, that makes it available and so frequently available to us. We praise you for the way which, over the centuries, you have shaped and molded your church, that you have shaped and molded these great mysteries to help us to enter into them, to encounter you, the one true God, more and more perfectly, and to conform us to your image. We ask that you would help us during this time to continue to draw close to you and draw close to our, our understanding, to deepen our understanding of these great mysteries and to know specifically tonight how to prepare well for them. We ask this through Our Lady's cares, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So again, I should have three sheets of paper there. The first one is essentially uh, the, the main content of, our, of, the, of the talk tonight, uh, and the other, two, uh, the other two are ones that if you came to the TLM 101 uh, a year or so ago, uh, then these are uh, essentially part of the documents from that. Uh, and so they may be uh, things you've already seen but if I remember right, most of these, we got to that point and we've been going so long and it was like, and the rest is to take home, good luck, uh, and sent you off. So uh, we'll kind of revisit that a little bit in a little bit more depth uh, tonight. So uh, to be able to go through how to prepare for Mass. Uh, and so part of this, uh, we'll look at how to actually kind of know what feast it is, <laughs> how to find the reading, to, where to put your ribbons, how to find your readings, that kind of stuff. But also, I would, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't do uh, something more than just tell you where to put ribbons in a book, because that would be uh, a few minutes of a talk and merely practical and send you off on your way. Uh, and so I wanted to, to make sure that we hit some of the other points as well. Uh, I know anytime, anytime I give a talk, uh, I always err on the side of, of going for, uh, for too basic rather than making too many assumptions, because uh, I've had people tell me, uh, Father, I knew that already, uh, but uh, more often than not, I've, people, I've had people tell me, I've never heard that before. Uh, and so uh, I like to err on the side of maybe someone's never heard something before, uh, because I would, hate for, I would hate to get up to the pearly gates and the Lord to go, Brent, you know, you never actually told people that, and that was important for you to tell people that, uh, right? And so uh, it's uh, something to, to be able to say. So several of these things are things that you would look and you would go like, of course. But when you say of course, I'm like, yes, they know the faith. So that's a good thing. If all of this is review for you, God be praised. You're ahead of the curve of, uh, of far, far many uh, of our brothers and sisters in the Lord. So preparing for Mass. I have it broken down into two parts there, remote preparation and immediate preparation. Remote preparation being kind of the, the, the a little bit farther off in the distance, the stuff you do Monday through Saturday, uh, and more. The first piece of that is maintain a regular practice of prayer, specifically mental prayer. Now, uh, that doesn't seem like it should be the point, point number one uh, on some method of like, how do you prepare for Mass? Go pray, uh, right? But it is the presumption that if, that, that if Mass is the encounter with the one true God, wherein the, the, the communion that we experience in this life with him come to its height and to its fullness, it also presumes that we talk to him the other six days of the week. And that if we don't speak to our Lord regularly, the God that we encounter on Sunday will still be something of a stranger to us. He will still be something of, of, of someone who is, who is distant from our lives, not someone who is actually involved in us. Not someone who is, is shaping us day after day, who is, who is kind of creating his image in us more and more perfectly. He's perfecting his virtues within us. He's rooting out vice from us, right? These are things that the Lord desires to do. 
But it takes that, that regular life of prayer uh, for us to really reap the fruits of Sunday Mass, uh, especially Sunday Mass. Uh, and so to have a regular life of prayer is that starting point, that foundation, uh, to be able to, to prepare well for Holy Sacrifice of the Mass for Sunday particularly, but for any day in general. And so it's this presumption of regular practice of prayer. Uh, one, of the, one of the books that I was reading uh, that I found... Every time I go to a bookstore, I'm a, there's always a new book that I find. All, I've never heard of this book before. I need this in my life. I went to uh, the shrine in Hansville a couple of weeks ago and stopped by. And, and to, my, you know, to my delight and not to my shock, uh, I found a book that I had never heard of before. And I needed it in my life. And it's called My Eucharistic Day. Uh, there will be mentioned, this will be mentioned in homilies, presumably, many times uh, in, the, in the weeks and months ahead. It's from St. Peter Julian Amard. Essentially, he's often known as the, the Apostle of the Holy Eucharist. Had an immense love for the Blessed Sacrament. And he's got 14, I think it's 14 or 12, 12 rules for living a Eucharistic life and meditations and questions you can ask yourself each day to live that. And so it's kind of a, a regular, regular practice of mental prayer. But one of the things he mentions in there, and this is not uncommon, it's something very, very common, in fact, in the saints, is, the, is this, this invocation, this call that, that to be able to give of the Lord the first part of our day. And so if you can make it to daily mass, fine and good, but at least spend time in prayer. And so many of, the, many of the, the writers and the saints, they'll tie those two together. The mental prayer and Mass are kind of often tied together. If you can make Mass, great, but if not, at least make mental prayer. Right? And so it's this, this call that's present there. And so it's for us to, to make sure that we're giving that time to mental prayer so as to allow the Mass to be more fruitful for us. The second thing that we can do as our remote preparation is to learn about the Mass itself. Uh, and so... For any, for any individual who has, ever, uh, who has ever uttered the words, I don't understand what's happening at Mass, which is, I think, most Catholics at some point, uh, if, they, <laughs> if they haven't been studying it intensely, um, you know, if, if there are things that, that do not make sense to us, there's a church that has provided us numerous resources. Some of those are listed on these pages. Most of them are sitting up here on the communion rail. And so I would encourage you, it's on the, on the back of... Uh, on the back of that anatomy of a hand missile page, or the, the second sheet, I think, that was passed out on the back there. It gives a, a variety of these, of these books, a handful of these books and a few more. I'll just pluck some of them off the shelf to be able to give some, for example, uh, things as we're going through. But it's to be able to, to, to learn about the Mass itself. Because in learning about a thing, you are able to love it more. Right? This is part of the, part of the fact of things. The more you know about a person, the more you can appreciate about the individual. The more you understand the complexity of their life, the richness of their life. You understand these kind of different facets that you go, wow, I've known you for, you know, I was sitting with a buddy of mine the other day, a brother priest, and he said something, and, and I was like, I've known you for 17 years, and I never knew that about you. Cool, right? And it was kind of like a, all right, I know something, I know another piece of the puzzle about this man that helps me appreciate his, his story and how, how he has gotten to where he is. And so we can do that with, of course, the things of God, but also the things of the church. The more we learn about them, the more we understand, wow, that's really fascinating. Or, or I, I never even knew that happened, much less to understand or to ask the question, why does that happen? Right? And so there are a variety of things that are present uh, in the liturgy, some of which we may never even know about, uh, unless we're kind of reading through some of this stuff, um, that may kind of easily easily pass us by in so many ways, uh, and yet there is so much to learn. And the more one learns it, the more going into the liturgy, you're able to appreciate all of these things that are taking place. Uh, the first time I went to Latin Mass, as many of you, if you, if you didn't grow up coming to the Latin Mass, uh, if you, if you, if you uh, found it somehow or, or was brought to it somehow or whatever, your first experience probably was, I am so confused right now. Because that's what, I mean, I was in a seminary, I knew about the Mass, taking liturgy class, was serving the Mass, doing all kind of things. But the first time I went to the Latin Mass, I was totally dumbfounded about what exactly was taking place in front of my eyes because I didn't understand most of it. All these things and gestures and movements and words, etc. And I was rather kind of shocked and surprised by it all. But 
it led to learning more about it, to reading more about it, to be able to understand and appreciate all of those things so that, that now I can go and I can, I can sit and, I can, you know, I can just go and sit and choir at a, at a mass um, and to be able to, to sit down and, and know the prayers the priest is praying, to know why the gestures are happening, to know why the servers are doing what they're doing, to know all these pieces and parts that are happening and to help me to appreciate it at a much deeper level than the first time, which was, I don't know what's happening, but this is really pretty, <laughs> right? So two different levels of understanding. And, and again, part of that is by virtue, by, by virtue of, of, of learning more about the gift of our faith. So part of what you're doing here. So a few, a few resources uh, to be able to, to kind of get into that. And so uh, I'll point out a few of these here. Uh, Adrian Fortescue, Father Adrian Fortescue, The Study of the Roman Liturgy, which kind of gives uh, a synopsis of the liturgy itself, the Roman liturgy specifically, over the centuries. Another similar one to that is the organic development of liturgy uh, from uh, now Father uh, Alquin Reed, I believe. Uh, and so this one also kind of gives a century-by-century century type of uh, approach as to how the liturgy is uh, essentially came to be as it is. Don Prosper Guéranger, one of the great Benedictines, has this gem called the Holy Mass. Um, Don Guéranger is also the author of, of, of a set called the Liturgical Year, which is, I think, 16 volumes uh, that are thicker than this. Uh, on every, basically every prayer of the Mass, every reading, there's a reflection, uh, reflections on every saint, every movement, every gesture, every everything that happens, he's reflected on it. And he's got um, a nice comprehensive set that is, that is present there and available. So, from Guéranger, the Holy Mass, uh, the, the Mass, from Father Joseph Dunning. So this one I've, I've not read per personally. Uh, it is from Angelus Press, so it's from the Society. Uh, so I don't, know, I don't know if there's any kind of leanings here, uh, but if somebody's talking about the Mass, probably pretty safe, I would imagine. And so, uh, Father Dunning here uh, is another resource. Nothing superfluous from Father James Jackson of the FSSP, Priesthood Fraternity of St. Peter. Uh, and so this one is, is kind of like the previous, uh, that does a phenomenal job of explaining the, the symbolism of the rites, explaining the, the why, the what for, and the title itself says it. There's nothing superfluous. That there is nothing that is just superfluous about the, about the Mass. There's nothing that's just extra and useless and we do it just because we do it. Right? There's a meaning to literally every single gesture. The fact that the priest puts his right foot on the step first rather than his left foot is determined by the rubrics. It's not superfluous, there's a reason, right? And so there are reasons for all these things that are included there. The traditional mass from Michael Fiedrovics, uh, the subtitle says it there, History, Form, and Theology of the Classic Roman Rite. And so this one kind of looks at, at, at kind of a, a amalgamation of the previous ones, looking at the theology, the history, and, and the, the symbolism of the Mass itself contained here. This one's not specifically about the traditional Mass, but it's a, a, stellar, a stellar book on the, on the theology of liturgy itself. And so not just to talk about what is the Mass uh, and what is the traditional Mass, but also to talk about what is liturgy, uh, the spirit of the liturgy from, uh, from Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, future Benedict XVI. Phenomenal book on the, the shape of the liturgy itself. What is liturgy? Uh, so kind of more of a, a theolog or philosophical approach to the liturgy rather than the pure what is it. And then this one uh, was, is one that, uh, that I found recently as well. The Mass in the Interior Life from Bernardo Vasconcelos. Uh, so essentially it kind of goes through the Mass, but it's, it's reflections and meditations on the individual parts of the Mass to help you to enter more deeply into it. And so uh, if, you wanna, if you wanna get more fruits out of Mass uh, and from, from praying with it in the interior life, uh, this is certainly a, a, great, a great starting point for you. And this is a missile. This is your friend. Uh, if, you, if you are regular at the Mass, uh, there are 2,000 something pages of gold right here. Uh, and so this is something we'll be talking about a bit more uh, in a moment as we look at at these other pieces uh, for getting down there uh, towards the end of preparing your missile, which will be there. So, uh, to learn about the Mass, to, to read about these things, you don't have to become a, an absolute liturgical scholar. That, uh, that, and again, these are, these are a small selection. This is uh, you know, probably one-third of the three-and-a-half shelves I have on books on liturgy in my room. 
because uh, if you can't tell, I like liturgy a lot. Uh, so it's the thing that excites me. Uh, and so, you know, so it's good to, to be able to have these resources. There's tons of things out there. Uh, for everything that you want to know about, there's a resource. Uh, in fact, there's, there's one called um, uh, In Memory of Me, I think is the name of it. Uh, and it's, it's an entire book, some 250 pages or so, meditating simply on the Roman canon, just on the Eucharistic prayer itself. So it's an entire book uh, written, uh, written by that, or just, just on that topic, on, on that one, you know, four pages of the Mass. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, there's just a treasure trove that's available out there in the world. So uh, read, learn, increase your love for our blessed Lord and the, and the liturgy that provides us access to him and to his grace. So those are the things that I would encourage as remote preparation. Pray and read. Immediate preparation are the things that, uh, that we are kind of uh, intentionally focusing on more in the, in the short term. Uh, if you're thinking about, I've got to get ready for Mass, <laughs> this is the things that you would typically think of getting ready for Mass, so to speak. So uh, it goes without saying, but also it needs to be said, number three, be in the state of grace or go to confession. And so it begins with that fact that if we're going to pray well with the sacred liturgy, if we're going to be able to, if we're going to receive the grace of God, we need to be in a state of soul to receive this, the grace of God. Right? And we know that, that mortal sin separates us from sanctifying grace, and it prevents us from receiving uh, more of it, uh, essentially, uh, by virtue of the sacraments. One can't just simply go and celebrate the sacraments uh, other than confession itself uh, and be kind of renewed and set back, restored. One doesn't go to communion uh, to be able to get back in communion. That's another mortal sin, right? It's just adding to the list at that point. And so it's first to make sure that one is in the state of grace, and if not, to get to confession. Secondly, or the, on the immediate preparations, is to fast for at least one hour. That's usually not difficult for, for a Sunday Latin Mass, because if you get here by the time the asparagus starts, it's pretty much an hour. Uh, uh, you know, it's just the, kind of the practical part of things. Uh, but it is, you know, if you want to fast a little bit before that, it's certainly welcome to do so. Uh, if you want to, to fast from the morning time, I know previous, uh, you know, currently, current legislation is one hour before the reception of Holy Communion. Previously, it was three hours before Communion. Prior to that, it was from midnight uh, until, you, until, until the day. That's why there were no evening Masses, is <laughs> because who wants to fast from midnight until 6 p.m. on Sunday? No one, right? And so that's the part of the reality of these things is, you know, some people like their, like their morning mass. They like their 5 a.m. mass because they could get up, have 5 a.m. mass, much to the priest's confusion and frustration, uh, and, then have, and then go home and have breakfast at a reasonable hour, right? And just not be too, too crazy about things. And so, uh, but it is for us to, to fast for at least an hour. If you want to do more, you're welcome to do so, but it's not binding under pain of sin. Right? If you want to make a practice of it, of nothing, nothing other than water uh, three hours before, from midnight before, you can. Uh, there's nothing to say that you have to, you have to have food within three hours of liturgy. That's silly, unless you're diabetic, you know. Um, and so this, to be able to look at this. So simply to fast for at least one hour prior to the reception of Holy Communion. Number five is, uh, the third part under the immediate preparation, is dress fittingly for the occasion, Right? And so it's, it's not only kind of out of respect for the Lord, but also it's informative for ourselves. The manner in which we dress does say something about ourselves. It does communicate something to us uh, that, that uh, essentially kind of changes us to some degree. Uh, if, you put, if you put an individual, if you, you know, back when I was in high school, I could be in my, in my nice baggy jeans and my, my, ratty, uh, my ratty old torn up, uh, you know, T-shirts. But if, you know, when homecoming came around, out on slacks and a nice shirt and a tie. When prom came around, out on the tux, right? And so, like, the nicer occasions, you dress up. And when, when I put a tux on, I'm like, man, I feel like king of the world right now. I'm like, I'm high class. I need to hold out my, my finger when I drink my Coke at dinner time tonight or something, you know? I was like, that. it kind of, it just by itself, it, it elevated things. And so the same with us with the sacred liturgy. It's for us to be able to, to, to intentionally do these things for the love of the Lord, first and foremost, above all for the love of the Lord, to be able to honor him fittingly uh, with the manner of our dress, but also to know that it does have that effect on us, that, that it can change us. It, it does help us to be elevated in some sense, you know? 
Uh, and so it's uh, to be mindful of this. I'm not going to sit here and provide guidelines for you because uh, that's a whole different, uh, a whole different thing. Uh, but if you, if you have questions and concerns, feel free to talk to me. But, uh, but I trust that most of you know what dress fittingly means uh, as regards a sacred liturgy. Uh, and so as to be able to do these things, uh, so as to, again, we're not simply uh, kind of preparing part of ourselves, we're preparing all of ourselves. Uh, and so we are, we are, I love that every now and then I get to use the word, we are hylomorphic beings. My one use of the philosophy that I spent two years studying right there, hylomorphic, right? We are body and soul, right? <laughs> you can put that as one of those $5 words, as they say. You can just drop that on people every now and then. They'll be like, man, you are cultured. Um, right? And so we are, we are body and soul. So whenever we're preparing for Mass, we're preparing our souls. So we make sure it's in the state of grace. We're also preparing our body, right? We're fasting. We're dressing appropriately so as we enter into the sacred liturgy and the mysteries. Number six. After having done some of those things, one will or one could prepare your missal. So we'll dive into that, uh, into that point here. If you want to... Uh, to look at that second sheet is the anatomy of a hand missile. So every liturgical book, uh, at least the books for, for the Mass and the Liturgy of the Hours, they all have similar kind of basic building blocks that are part of the thing, right? And so there are, as you see there, the proper of seasons, and so you know, seasons, right? What are the seasons? Advent, Christmas, the, 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 the time after Epiphany. Epiphany, there are like 37 seasons, it seems like, in the traditional form, because you have Epiphany and then post-Epiphany, and then you have pre-Lent and Lent, and then you have Passion Tide, and then you have Holy Week, and then you have the Easter octave, and then you have uh, Easter, and then you have the, t- the, <laughs> the octave of Pentecost, and you have the time after Pentecost, right? That's a whole lot of seasons kind of there, and each of them are technically kind of individual times. And so if there's a, a, particular, uh, a particular season, a particular day, all of those are contained in here. So typically they'll be, they'll be in the front. Uh, so that'll, that'll typically be the, the place where if you open up and page in, go into page 100, 200, 300, somewhere in that range, you'll probably wind up in Advent, Lent, <laughs> some random Sunday, you know, these kinds of things. And so uh, whenever we're thinking about calendars, uh, we always have to be thinking with, uh, with our, our uh, liturgical bifocals on, right? And so one of the things is that every day of the church year has a particular liturgical seasonal feast. So today would be, uh, what, Tuesday after the, what Sunday? Tenth? Yeah, Tuesday after the tenth Sunday um, after Pentecost, right? So if there was not a, if we didn't celebrate St. Joachim today, it would be just Tuesday after the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. So that would be today, right? And so that's one way that we could look at, at today from the liturgy's perspective. So that's one piece. Another piece is the proper of saints. So today we celebrated St. Joachim, right? And so that's another section in here. Uh, so usually that'll be kind of towards the back of the book, uh, in the back of the book, kind of, it'll change it up every now and then, but very often it'll be kind of an, uh, in the middle, uh, probably about maybe three-quarters of the way uh, to the back of the book. If you just kind of page to three-quarters of the way back, you'll probably find yourself on a specific date. I have uh, flipped to randomly September 29th, right? And so uh, those are specific days where specific things are, are celebrated, right? And so... Uh, Tuesday of the 10th week after Pentecost, uh, that's a, di- you know, <laughs> that can be different days of August. You know, this year it's the, it's the 16th. Next year it'll be the what, 15th. You know, the year after that it'll be the 14th, however, however the years move. I think they move forward a day typically. Uh, and so, you know, those Tuesdays will be different calendar dates. These, of course, don't change. The 26th or the 29th of September will always and only be the 29th of September. If the 29th of September is the 30th of September, something has gone terribly wrong in the universe, and we need to ask why. Right? And so these are the proper of saints. Our, every saint is, has a particular feast day, and so we need to keep that in mind too. So 
those are two of the pieces. So you've got your common, you've got your proper of seasons, your proper of saints. So liturgical seasons, saints of the day, right? So those are the two main things that you help determine what is this, what are we going to celebrate today? Those are the two main pieces that you'll need to look at. But before we get to that, we'll get to the, the rest of the building blocks in here. Another piece in your missile is what is known as the ordinary. The ordinary will very often will be uh, kind of in that middle part. So it'll be between the propers of seasons and uh, the propers of saints. Uh, very often it'll be between those two. And so the ordinary of the Mass is the stuff that does not change. So it's the, it's the parts here where you have, mine has a little, a little outline of all, of all the pieces and parts. But it goes from the entrance and the, the asperges and the intro all the way through um, to the Gloria, through the, through the Credo, to the responses of Mass, all these things, the canon, the blessings at the end, the dismissals, the prayers after Mass, the proper prayers after Mass, the specific ones like for prayers after low Mass uh, or for the last gospel uh, generally uh, at each Mass. And so the ordinary are the parts that never change. Every Mass you go to, unless it's some specific liturgical feast where we decide to start toying around with things and totally confuse all the faithful, um, all of these things will be there every single Mass. High Mass, low Mass, pontifical solemn high Mass with the Pope celebrating, which would be crazy to see these days. Um, any of these things <laughs> would be options where all of this stuff uh, would still be present there. Right? So all, that's, these are things that do not change depending on the day. So that's the ordinary of the Mass. Another thing that is in here are what are known as the commons. So every Mass, we know that there are, there are a variety of proper prayers that are prayed. Uh, so the entrance, uh, so as the, either as the priest is processing in, sometimes from the, from the side, sometimes from the back, or at the, after the asperges, there's the introit, right? The entrance antiphon equivalent for us. So the introit, uh, is a proper is a prayer that's prayed at each mass, uh, and then you have the 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 collect the opening prayer. You have the the um, the offertory prayer. You have the prayer the secret the one that's prayed privately, uh, quietly before the preface is prayed. Then you have the uh, the communion the communio the communion essentially communion anaphon, and you have the post communion prayer. So all of those can change day by day. But if you look at it, sometimes you'll have a saint, and very often it'll be the fact that the saint will have a collect, but none of the rest of the things. So the opening collect for the Mass, uh, if, if a saint has anything to be said at all, it's the collect. <laughs> you know, the collect, always that opening, that opening prayer um, will be the thing at the beginning of Mass, uh, right after the Gloria, that will, be, that will be prayed. And it helps to give the understanding of, uh, essentially, who is the saint, something that sometimes it'll give a little hint about their life, about what they did, their mission, etc. Uh, and so, very often you'll have the saint and will just have, uh, just have their, uh, their collect for the Mass. But, you can't just have a Mass with just a collect and not the other prayers. So where do you get the other prayers from? You get them from the commons. So the commons are another part of the book. Sometimes they're before the propers of saints. Sometimes they're after. Let's see. In my book, they are before. So they're between the ordinary and the propers of the saints. And this, and this particular missile, this is the Baronius Press um, hand missile. And so in this one, uh, this is where all the rest of the prayers would come from. And so if you're doing like a daily mass like today, if St. Joachim uh, had, had only one collect or only one prayer that was proper to him, it would then presumably say the rest as in the common of holy men or something to that effect, or the common of confessors, not martyrs. Uh, and so very often, if you have the hand missile, it will tell you, turn to this page for the rest of the stuff. And that page that it tells you to turn to will inevitably be commons, right? So if it's a, if it's a virgin martyr, there's a virgin martyr, right? And so it's all these kind of the extra prayers that are the, the extra bases of, of the celebration of the Mass, uh, all that will be here in the section for the commons. So those are the, are the four the four main things that if you know if you know where those four places are in your in your handy dandy missile you'll be pretty well covered for most masses that take place 
Every now and then there will be an, uh, a different type of mass. Uh, so uh, a requiem mass, um, a mass for uh, celebrating a wedding, so a nuptial mass, a votive mass, such as the, a mass honoring the sacred heart of our Lord or the immaculate heart of Mary, uh, or some other, some other particular, um, particular uh, you know, intention. Sometimes there are masses for various occasions uh, that can be celebrated. And so these different, sometimes they'll have extra prayers that'll be prayed or different prayers that'll be prayed. And those can be found in the ritual masses and votive masses, which is usually towards the back. And sometimes they'll even have handy supplements for masses that are prayed in specific places that can also be used. So there's a variety of things. Uh, all of this to say is there is a ton of stuff in here. And it would, it would do you well if you have a missile, uh, spend some time getting to know it. It is your friend. All right. Uh, it can be a little bit intimidating at first when you look at it and you go, I have no idea where to start. But if you spend a little time with it, start studying your, uh, study the table of contents and see what it all means. Give yourself little time quizzes, you know, see, flip over one of those, uh, one of those little sand, sand hourglass vials and see if you can get your ribbon set for Sunday before the sand runs out, you know. That way, in case you're late for mash, you can, you can get real good at it if the traffic's bad. Um, so, you know, but it's, it's good to be able to go in there and, and not only to be able to, to use it for Mass itself, but it's to recognize that, that these are just really good, solid prayers. I know many people who, who, will, use, who will use their, their missile not only for, for Mass, but they'll use it for mental prayer too. They'll go and sit down and pray with one of the Masses for our Blessed Mother on a Saturday. Or there are, sometimes there are special Masses. Uh, that are included in the back, and so you can you can pray with that. It's not to say that you can't that you can't read over it and spend time praying with it. And so, in any of these things that are contained in here, whether they are just actual prayers, a lot of them will contain the the acts of faith and charity and hope, uh, and these you know the various other kind of devotional prayers. But the entire missal itself can be a tremendous source of of mental prayer, a tremendous source of of grace for that life of prayer. So, it is to be able to, to know what is in here, uh, not that you have to know it exhaustively and have everything particularly memorized, but to be able to, to, to be comfortable with, with it, essentially is kind of the goal. Uh, because if we are if we're constantly fretting, trying to figure out where we are in here, we're not going to know where we are <laughs> in the sanctuary at Mass, right? That we're going to be so caught up trying to find the page that, that we miss the actual valuable stuff, right? And so that's the, that's, that's the reason it's helpful to know about the Mass, to know about the structure of the Mass, and to be able to know about the placement of things in the missile and how to, how to use your missile. Um, it's really just to be able to know that you can come to Mass and you can be comfortable at Mass, uh, that you cannot be anxious about trying to find stuff, but there can be a peacefulness, a prayerfulness to it uh, that, that, that this becomes something rather normal, uh, and that's a good thing when it becomes something rather normal. And so, <clears throat> as to figuring out the feast itself, so I mentioned that there are those two kind of main, main things that we look at of the, of the proper of the seasons, uh, and so the, the season of Advent, Lent, etc., uh, and then the propers of the saints, particular days. And so um, there, there are charts on, on how to determine all of this. Um, and depends on what kind of person you are. Some of you might be really, really excited to see the, the way in which the church um, parses out what feast ranks over which other one and how things shake out. It's a nice, usually it's a nice page long thing of like what particular feast ranks over this one and if this one it gets tweaked the next day, but if this one it doesn't get tweaked the next day and all kinds of really geeky liturgical things. Um, so the church has a full list of, of here's how to determine all of this stuff. Most people are not that big of liturgy nerds, so you're going to be content to simply find out from some other source where is that, where is that rank, right? And so typically whenever we come, uh, it's helpful to be able to, to rely upon other sources just than our own wisdom because sometimes we may, we may get, get tossed off uh, in some manner. But uh, if you're coming just to Sunday Mass, you're usually pretty safe just following the Sundays, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Sometimes you'll get thrown off a little bit uh, and have an extra prayer. I know, I think Father Matthew said 
the, the extra orations uh, for the Vigil of the Assumption this past Sunday. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's something. Sometimes you'll have, you'll have two sets of prayers for the, for the collect, the secret, and the post-communion. Um, and then sometimes you'll have, uh, I think we had every now and then, uh, we, had, uh, yeah, we had one of the saints sometime recently uh, that was on a Sunday. And, yeah, it just kind of, you celebrate St. I think last year we celebrated St. James on a Sunday, if I remember right. And uh, so, yeah, you just have to kind of remember or know these things um, in some way. But as far as actually preparing a missile and being ready for the celebration of the Mass, it's helpful, first and foremost, to figure out what is, <laughs> what is today, right? And so you've got to know today is Tuesday, and it's the 16th of August, right? So it's Tuesday, the 16th of August. And so with those two pieces of information, I can look and I can go, well, Tuesday of the, Tuesday of the 10th week after, after Pentecost is not a high celebration of Mass. It's just Green Tuesday, right? Uh, whereas I know that the 16th of August in the, in the calendar of the proper of the saints is St. Joachim. So St. Joachim wins. So that's the one that's going to be celebrated. If St. Joachim were on Sunday, I know that Sunday is a higher, is a higher ranking celebration than St. Joachim, so Sunday would win. And so it's this, you know, you've got to know which one, basically which one wins out uh, in, the, in the battle between the two of the, of the, the two different proper, proper, uh, proper prayers in the Mass. So to help with that, to make that all really easy, there are a few different options. One... You can, uh, you can just buy a calendar. I know, Nick, you've done the, the, tan, the tan Books calendars, uh, which has on its, uh, its your regular wall calendar, and it'll have, the, it'll have the feast days throughout the year and have the days that are being celebrated in the old calendar or the new calendar, as well as historical dates. And sometimes you could just look on there and be like, okay, today is this particular feast. Good. And you find it in your missile. Right, so sometimes that can be helpful just to be able to start there. If you want to be uh, a little bit more clear or more sure of things, the, my, my standard go-to has been traditionally has been uh, a website, Divinum Officium, uh, which is included, included here on the Preparing for Mass sheet. Right? So it's uh, divinumofficiumdivineoffice.com. And so Divinum Officium is a website where you can go and it'll... It'll give you the, the, the breviary, the, the divine office for the day. You can pray it on there. So if ever anybody wants to, to, pray, uh, to pray the psalms and things in the traditional manner, it's available there for free. Uh, but it also has the Mass. And this is where it can be particularly helpful. As if you could just go to the, to the main page, there are two options that you can choose. You can choose the Ordo, which will then, uh, if you think at the top, it has, it has four buttons two of which are desktop or mobile, which is if you want the, the divine office or the breviary, and the other two are, are um, the Holy Mass and the Ordo, which is the Mass particularly. And so if you click Ordo, Ordo is a handy book. I forgot it in the sacristy, but it's a handy book that basically tells you what's happening every single day in the liturgy. It's a book that, that has a guide that changes year by year by year. So every year you order a new one starting for Advent 1. Uh, and so it starts there. And every day it looks at it, and I can look at, in that book, and it'll have a little list, and it'll say, August the 16th, St. Joachim. Use, this, use this, uh, this preface for the Mass. Uh, it's a, a, a third-class feast that you, you do the Gloria, but not the Creed. Uh, and there's no commemoration needed for the Mass today. Or it'll, it'll turn to Sunday, and it'll, look, it'll say, okay, well, Sunday, Sunday the 11th, the 11th Sunday after Pentecost, uh, you do the, the preface for the Holy Trinity, you do the Gloria and the Creed, there's no commemoration, right? And so commemoration is the second prayers, you know, like Father Matthew did, the second set of prayers is a commemoration. Uh, and so, uh, so the Ordo will, will just simply tell you, it's this, you know, it's the 11th Sunday after Pentecost, period. And if that's good enough information for you to be able to hop in here and find it, that's all you really need, because then you can go to your proper of seasons, you can page along through to wherever it happens to be, and you can find your 11th Sunday after Pentecost right there, and you're set, right? 
So that's what the, the Ordo just tells you what the feast is, and it also kind of give you some other, some other details um, that are usually more, prob- uh, more relevant for the priest celebrating the Mass, so to know what to do and not to do and where to take various prayers and things. Um, so I'm more, more bound to the Ordo, uh, the necessity of the Ordo, than others. But then the other thing is on the top of that page, there's also, uh, there's also a button that says um, Missale, Missal, or Sancta Missa, Holy Mass. Uh, so depending on, on how you get into the program, how you get into the website, it'll have one of those two phrases at the top. And so if you click on that, it will bring you to a, a page with the full prayers of the Mass for the day. And there are a variety of options, and you can go in there. And if you want, if this is something you want to look at, you're certainly welcome to do so. But you can, you can change and look at, uh, they have different sets of rubrics. So the rules for celebrating Mass, they changed various times. So in the 60s, 1910, uh, the, 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 the Council of Trent for the, for, for the monastics of Benedictines, for the Dominican priests. Uh, so each of them have their own set of rules. So if you want to get really, really, really caught in the weeds, you can change up the rubrics and see what Mass would have looked like for today. Uh, according to the monks at uh, whatever random monastery, or if it was like, you know, the Trenton times, the Council of Trent, you could see what exactly, you know, exactly what will be done for today, right? And so, uh, but what we do here, what we typically do in any Latin Mass you'll find, will be the, the 1960 rubrics on that page. So, so you can go to there, you can type in the date at the top, it, it'll default to today, uh, but you can type in today. So if you wanted to come and see what next Sunday's Mass was going to look like, you could go in and you could type in 08-21-2022 and you know, click the little refresh icon or enter a key or whatever the case, and it'll cycle through and it'll pull it all up, and it will show you everything from the introibo aratare dei at the beginning down through. It'll do all the prayers. It'll plug in the stuff from here on the, on the site, and you can look in and you can have it where it does that Latin, English, side-by-side, side, uh, which is handy. And so if you're trying to figure out if you did it right, if you turn to, you know, if you, if you say, well, I think, I, I think I'm on the right page, but I want to make sure you can go to the page with the Mass and click that and, and show it for the Sunday and to say, okay, what is the reading? What does the prayer say? Yeah, okay, what does it say there? Yep, compared to one's missile, and you go, okay, yeah, they're the same. Good, right? And so you can kind of check yourself using the website uh, or uh, just use the website and let your missile collect dust at home. Not the preferred option, but it's an option, I suppose. Uh, and so basically is to, to be able to, to do each of those uh, and then to be able to, to have it set up and ready to go. I typically suggest having your ribbons set in a particular place. Uh, I, get, I get a little obsessive sometimes with my ribbons. I'm the priest that whenever I go to another parish, I usually fix the ribbons in their missile because they just kind of swap them around however they want and just move it around and then by the time they're done with it the missile strings are all knotted up at the top of the book and you don't have half the page you can't even cover it with a missile tab and so yeah i'm the guy that goes and, and undoes the spaghetti noodle knot of people's ribbons so uh if you ever see me playing with ribbons at mass that's just part of my little obsessive nature uh <laughs> of, of like we will not have messy ribbons here we will not you know uh and so see the same for my own for my own ribbons it's also one of the reasons it's one of the greatest tragedies that my cats like to chew on ribbons because i'm like that's the ribbons you need the ribbons you know uh so yeah sometimes cats are not always the best animals for priests that's another story a whole different meditation for here however it's helpful to have your markers your ribbon markers in specific places that you know you're going to need uh most ribbons come with a, a good handful of them uh this one comes with six Sometimes they'll come with, with seven or eight. Uh, and you, if you don't have enough ribbons, go, to, go on the internet and you can buy more ribbons. So you can go to Catholic Art and Gift and they have, they have uh, little ribbons, you can, little things you can put in there, put at the top. Ta-da, you get six more ribbons. You know, everybody wins, right? And so what I typically would have uh, is I have one set of ribbons uh, for prayers, right? So uh, y'all are not beholden to all of the prayers of the Mass all the time. Uh, so, while communion is, is being distributed, sometimes it takes a little while. And if you're not singing in the, in the school or in the choir, 
uh, you're in the pews. And if you're not trying to wrangle up, uh, wrangle and wrestle children, you might find yourself with an extra couple of minutes of free time to be able to pray and, and, and to, to draw close to our blessed Lord. And so it's helpful to have some of those prayers that you like to pray, if they're in here, uh, to have them marked, right? And so I've got it marked for the, for, the, uh, for the sacred heart of Jesus, the litany of the sacred heart. You know, so it's, you know, if I want to pray, to pray the, the litany of the sacred heart after communion, it's there, we're ready to go. You know, kind of whatever other, other devotional prayers that might be helpful for you. You know, I, I like to be able to have a place uh, where you can turn to it kind of quickly. Also, most of my liturgical books will have these little plastic tabs in them. Those are my insertions because those are just pages that I, I use frequently. But I don't have enough ribbons. And I don't want to use so many ribbons uh, always to, to, get lost, uh, to get lost in ribbons. Right? And so some of these are just pages that I know that I will use frequently uh, to be able to, to page through to get to somewhere quickly without having to change ribbons all the time. I don't need a ribbon uh, necessarily at the, at the asperges uh, every single time, so I just have it marked so I can start there and then flip as I go. Right? So have one at your at the prayers that you like. A second one, uh, on the proper of seasons, so again, the Sundays, uh, so the seasonal feasts, the 10th Sunday after Pentecost, 11th Sunday after Pentecost, etc. And if you're doing that, you'll be going through, and as you finish one week, you inevitably will arrive at the next week, and you just, ta-da, move your ribbon, and your ribbon is already set for next week. You are ready for Mass, at least six out of the seven parts, or one out of the seven parts, rather. Right? And so you can, uh, you can get to Mass the next week, and uh, every now and then I will thank my, my past self for doing kind deeds for present me. Uh, whenever, whenever I don't have to, to go and, and find where the, you know, find something real quick, when I open up and the ribbons are already set, I'm in, like, man, that was so nice to myself that day. That was good. That was nice of me, you know? It was a very considerate act for future Brent. And so, right, we can have our, we can have our missiles set there. Going on, the next one, uh, if you want to have to set for the ordinary of Mass, like you said, if you want to be at the, at the Asperitas or at the Intro Ibon Altare Dei, uh, so that you know that you can flip through, and if you, can, if you want to be able to set it down and have it bookmarked and then pick it back up for the credo after Father's ever-long sermons, uh, then, you know, you could just have a little, have your ribbon in there, ready to roll, uh, to pick back up where you left off. If you want to have one, I typically will have one, of course, in the Commons, so that's one of the places where you'll have some of the additional prayers for the saints. Next up will be the propers of saints themselves. So the, the actual feast days of the saints, the, the liturgical days, proper days on the calendar. And the pages in the back will be just the random things. Um, my back ribbon is, is the one that kind of moves around. Sometimes it's an votive mass, sometimes a ritual mass. Here it was uh, the last one that was left on, on Our Lady of Prompt Secor uh, to be able to have, to be able to, to celebrate that. Uh, with the prayers in here. And so uh, having those ribbons in that set place, you shouldn't have to move them too terribly much, uh, and you won't have to use all six of them in, in, each, in each Mass or any given Mass, uh, but rather just to be able to have a couple of them. The most typically I think you'll, you would normally use would be three. Uh, and so like on a weekday, you'll have, you'll have the ordinary, you'll have a proper, and then the commons of saints if you want to follow along there. Uh, or you can just have the ordinary on, and the Sunday, if it's a Sunday, uh, a Sunday thing, Sunday celebration. All of that said, if you are well and prepared and the internet affirms you and the Ordo celebrates, the Ordo indicates that you are going to be celebrating this feast and you show up and the color is different for Mass, Father might just have a surprise for you that day and he might just want to celebrate something different. Father's privilege. Um, sorry and you're welcome. Um, it's, it's one of those things that sometimes it will be a memorial, a memorial mass, uh, a requiem mass rather. So it might be a, a daily mass for the dead. So if you just show up and everything's in black, you know, daily mass for the dead. We're going to change some things, right? Uh, and so sometimes, you know, if there's, a, if there's a free day, it might be a votive mass to St. Joseph or a votive mass to Our Lady or the Sacred Heart or Precious Blood, etc., etc. So all that is to say, if you've done all your preparations, it still might be for naught. And uh, the priest might just tell you something else, and you'll have to go flip through your book, find your table of contents, and figure out where is that in here. So, that's that. We are cruising at snail's pace, I feel like, right now. So, the last piece, the last piece, is to have some silence, as able, 
uh, beforehand, perhaps arriving a few minutes early. And so it's a good thing to be able to, to have silence beforehand. Uh, I forget who it is that they, uh, it was one writer who was saying, you know, priest, are, are, you, are you distracted in your celebration of Mass? I would ask, what were you doing prior to Mass? Were you praying or were you busy about so many other things? Were you busy about, uh, about kind of doing administrative stuff? Were you, you know, were you kind of busy with the things of the world, caught up in all kinds of other stuff? Or were you preparing yourself for the celebration of Mass? Right? And so it's the same for each and all of us. Uh, there are different ways that we can prepare. And accordingly, in, in different states of life, that preparation will look different. Uh, for someone who, is, who does not have little ones, your preparation will look different than someone who does have little ones. Right? And so uh, even your experience at Mass will be sometimes the same. I know some, some parents haven't heard a homily in six or seven years because, uh, you know, the kids take turns being which one needs to be taken out that week, right? Uh, and so, you know, it's this, this, this recognition that, you know, as, again, as able for us to be able to prepare for the Holy Mass. That might be on the way over, uh, having some time in quiet. It might be praying a rosary or, or a decade of the rosary or something on the way here. Uh, it might be getting here a few minutes early and all the chaos. And once you get here, you finally go, <sighs> and you get to sit for a few minutes. Uh, any of those kinds of things, again, just those, those few moments spent preparing one's heart for the celebration of liturgy. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's a good and a holy thing. And so to be able to, to reflect upon these things certainly can be helpful. There's, there's a little book that was written for priests but it, I, I see no reason why it would not be helpful for all the faithful. It's a book called A Month with the Eucharist. It was put out, the, uh, it was released or, or republished a few years back by the, the USCCB, Catholic Conference of Bishops. And it was, uh, it was something that the front of it doesn't look necessarily super appealing. It's just like a kind of nondescript, weird looking kind of chalice not some nice, beautiful, you know, kind of high mass type of imagery where you'd be like, this is going to be solid material. You know, so it kind of looks like, eh, eh, a little questionable by the cover. But then when you open it inside, it's got Latin English side by side. And what it is, it's, it's a book that was written by uh, anonymously, supposedly, though there are theories of who the author was, uh, sometime, I think, in the early 20th century. And it's a book of meditations uh, for priests before Mass. And essentially it starts off saying, uh, Dear Father, I know you're busy, and I know it's really tough for you uh, to be able to, to get, to get you know, a, a large amount of preparation time in before Mass, but it's better that you get at least some preparation than no preparation. So, if you can't get your large amount of time in before Mass, here are at least a few points to reflect on for a few minutes to chew on uh, before you celebrate and, and as you celebrate and then a few points afterwards uh, if you don't, if you can't dedicate all the specific time. And there are three points uh, beforehand, three points afterwards, and a little, a little invocation that you can keep in your heart. Uh, and so it's, it's certainly worth the read. Again, it's a month with the Eucharist is the title of it. Uh, it is, uh, again, it's three sentences, and those three sentences, uh, you know, beforehand, three sentences afterwards, uh, there's... 300-something references to the scriptures. So basically, it's, it's just scriptural meditations taken that you can take. And so if that's something that, that you would find beneficial, uh, it certainly has been beneficial to me. I keep a copy in the, in the confessional uh, and like to, to page in there if I've got, uh, if I've got a, a moment beforehand uh, between confessions or, or after the confessions have stopped before Mass begins, uh, just to be able to read through it. And it's um, some of them are really convicting uh, of like, you know, who is it that's coming? It's the Lord who comes. Why is he coming? Because you're a terrible human being and you need him utterly. You know, it doesn't say that exactly, but it says that essentially, right? You know, <laughs> you're like, oh, that's right. I am. I am kind of a mess right now. You know, thank you, Lord, for that reminder. And it's like, and so why is the Lord coming? Because he wants to, he wants to get you fixed up, right? And so it's these meditations of, of who is it? Who is it that's coming? Jesus, right? Why is he coming? Because me, you know, what's going to happen with that? And then afterwards, there are three responses of look at Jesus, love him in this manner, and resolve these things, right? And so it's just a beautiful little quick thing that sometimes can be convicting. Sometimes, again, it's just letting you know that we're not perfect, uh, that, we need to, that we need to get our life together. And sometimes, sometimes we need to hear that. 
but very often it will be that uh, very encouraging things, very nourishing things, things that, that are, are definitely kind of to, to lift up the mind to God for prayer. So that's something that I would that I would offer um, as well as uh, as a possible option for you uh, for meditations prior to and after Mass. So. Yet again, I've still not gotten the comparisons in the structure of Holy Mass, so take it home and study well. <laughs> um, so yeah, essentially, so these are, the, these are the things that I would suggest as, as the preparation for Holy Mass, a regular life of prayer, uh, of making that time to be able to, uh, to read and to learn about Holy Mass, to learn about these things, be in a state of grace or get to confession so as to be to fast at least for an hour prior to communion, to dress fittingly, to prepare the missile, to prepare your hand missile if, you, if you're bringing your hand missile, uh, and then to have a few moments of silence beforehand. If you do not have a hand missile, if you want to have a hand missile, if you would like to have one of these little fellows, I've got a handful of them in my office. Uh, I didn't bring all of them with me. I thought I brought enough books tonight. But uh, I do have a copy of, of a half dozen or so different ones. So if you're looking to find one and you want to know what they look like and what the difference is between them, feel free to come by the office or just let me know. Ask me sometime, uh, and I'd be happy to bring them over. You can come to the office or I can bring them after Mass. You can sit in the sacristy and page through them to your heart's content uh, to be able to see which one you would like. Uh, they, are, you know, they are sometimes kind of expensive, 50, 60 bucks, but they last forever. That's why I have my, my, dad's, <laughs> my dad's hand missile, uh, which he was given in 1950-something, uh, still works, <laughs> right? The pages haven't gone, haven't gone blank yet. Uh, I had to put a little duct tape on the binding, but that's, that's a different discussion. Um, but the, you know, it is, it is a, a solid investment that does, that does sustain for years to come. Uh, if you don't want that, then we have the, in the pews, we have, oh goodness, almost made it the whole time without dropping it. Um, usually in the pews we'll have the, the Campion Missile, which is not here. Yeah, there it is. You just hold that up. Thank you. So the Campion Missile has, has most of what's in here except the daily prayers, the daily prayer, the daily mass prayers. It would not be contained in there, but all the rest. The, the perk of that uh, is it's got bigger print and it's got pretty pictures. Uh, this one has small print and not so many pictures. All right, so that one's a little easier to, to manage to some degree uh, if you're going through. Also, if you have little ones, uh, these pages rip really easily. <laughs> Those pages less so. Uh, so, you know, sometimes uh, the kids kind of reach out and grab whatever they happen to grab onto. Sometimes it's your missile, and sometimes you don't have pages anymore, right? Uh, and so, that's one of the perks of the Campion missile is it does have a little sturdier, sturdier weight to the paper there. Uh, they also have the Benedictus, uh, which is uh, a monthly subscription. If you're familiar with the Magnificat for the English Mass, uh, Benedictus is the Magnificat for the Latin Mass. It has, it has daily prayers for every single day in the calendar, for every day. It has the prayers and the readings uh, for Masses. Uh, it has a, daily, a little daily reflection. It has the full, the full thing for Sunday, so you don't, have to, you don't have to have any ribbons or change any pages. You just keep going one page after the other after the other. And the Benedictus, uh, again, it's a $5 a month subscription, and they send it to you ahead of time. Uh, and so if you're, if you're still trying to get a, just get a grasp on the Mass itself, that might be a helpful place to start. Just because you subscribe to it doesn't mean you have to stay subscribed to it forever. Uh, you might want to. That's fine and good. Again, there's really good meditations in there. Uh, but it can, be, it can be essentially kind of training wheels for you uh, to help you if you're getting used to the Mass or if you know someone who's getting used to the Mass, it could be a helpful thing for them to have to simply follow along specifically for Sundays. Uh, and then, you know, while you're kind of maybe working to, to get one of, these, uh, one of these larger missiles. So, those are some of my reflections on preparing for Holy Mass. Uh, certainly there are, there are always more things that could be said. But uh, does anybody have any, any questions on those things. Feel free to come to me afterwards too. I'm happy to, to talk. So, uh, so we'll, we'll wrap up here. Uh, like I said, I've got, I've got the books here on the rails. Uh, I've got extra, extra handouts from this. Uh, I will include, include all of these as well as this talk that will be on the church website in the next days, sometime by the end of the week. 
uh, I'll make sure to have it on there. So if you, uh, if somebody was not able to make it that wanted to be here, you can point them to it. Uh, we'll be able to, to get that set up and and uh, hopefully keep going. So I hope this was beneficial to you. I hope, I hope it helps you to, to continue in your preparations for Holy Mass, this greatest gift that the world has ever seen, and uh, to be able to appreciate it and to allow it to, to bear fruit uh, within our souls, all for the glory of the Lord. And so we pray. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a good night.